Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This Ben Jarofsky Show, Benny J Bonus Interview is brought to you in part by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. It's over. They're all gone. Frank, it's time. It's time you say what happened. <laughs> Frank, I want you to meet my cousin, Russell Buffalino. Better watch, there's a lot of tough guys around here. Did he tell you? Oh. You're not afraid of tough guys, are you? I didn't think so. Oh, that's excellent, Dr. D. That's, uh, that is dialogue from what we're going to be talking about. It's bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky <laughs> Show. As I speak, it is Wednesday, November 20th. Lord knows when you're listening to this. And that's where bits and pieces that the, the doctor pulled up from the internet. Excellent job. That's why we pay him so much money. It was a trailer. Uh, oh, it was a trailer. <laughs> uh, don't give away your secrets, all right? Uh, from the Irishman. And uh, I've been promising up this show. I've been talking about this show for a while. This summer, uh, one of my favorite shows we've ever done, we sat around in a room with... a and that keeps three film geeks who know their stuff inside and out. And we talked for about an hour about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's movie. And it was a very popular show, a very popular bonus feature. So we're bringing it back for The Irishman, a discussion of The Irishman. And as I do in all my bonus shows, I ask my distinguished guests to introduce themselves. So we'll start with distinguished guest right over here. My name is Sergio Mims. I am the... Uh Co-founder, co-programmer of the Black Harvest Film Festival. We just celebrated 25th anniversary this year. Aside from that, I'm also a film journalist and a critic and uh, also DVD commentator. Got to mention that as well. Yes. With That's another, That is right. <laughs> Robert Mueller. <laughs> With uh, another major release coming out in January. Yes. Uh, next month. Uh, and yes, and this uh, and, uh, distinguished guest, Adolfo Mondragon. I'm not a film critic, but I play one on TV. Yes, no. he does. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, I'm a big Scorsese buff, and uh, been for a long time. So, I, I so, so much that I went to see the premiere in New York of this movie. Uh, wow, of the Irish for you. Uh, Adolfo is one of the reigning champs uh, in the area of gangster movies, uh, and so it's part oh, and why. using foul language on podcasts, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. which, which I learned, which I learned in those gangster movies. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, Adolfo could be, uh, can you count it drop that F-bomb uh, within 10 seconds. All right, word of warning before uh, Sergio and Adolfo and I take the deep dive on The Irishman. The Irishman has uh, been on limited release in movie theaters for about a month. 
uh, at it, two theater screens in Chicago. We're going to be talking about that. I got some issues with Mr. Scorsese, the director, in that front. Uh, it has wide release uh, this coming Wednesday, Wednesday, the 27th of November, on Netflix. And the deal he cut, Scorsese cut with Netflix, limited the release in movie theaters. So a lot of you who are probably tuning in right now may not have seen it, in which case I warn you, do not listen, repeat, do not listen right now. There'll be spoilers in it. We'll be talking about the movie in its entirety. But remember this movie, this conversation, because after you've seen it, come back and listen. Or, you know, if you don't care about spoiler alerts, <laughs> listen anyway. There's some people out there, Sergio Adolfo, who really don't care, right. you know, mm-hmm. about spoiler alerts. There's so- some critics so let's give everybody three seconds to uh tune out thanks for the download by the way we appreciate that (laughs) three seconds and then we'll go all right here we go one two three it was the butler that did it. No, sorry, just kidding. Uh, all right, uh, so The Irishman is the name of the movie. It's a gangster movie, three and a half hours long. And uh, we'll start with uh, you, Sergio, and then turn to you, Adolfo. Uh, as always, we share the mic on bonus time on The Ben Jarowski Show. Each question is answered by each of my guests. All right. Uh, first of all, just the most general way possible, mm-hmm. uh, rank The Irishman in the hierarchy of mob flicks. Well, we all like the movie. And I think the question is the degree in which we like it. I like the film. I wasn't blown away by it. Um, And I think the main reason why is this sense of deja vu in the movie. Mm -hmm. It's that, you know, I've seen this before. Um, Nothing wrong with that. I mean, Howard Hawks kept repeating himself. But here, it was like, I've just seen bits and pieces of other Scorsese movies. It, uh, at the end of the movie, you have Old Man De Niro. And I said, well, you know, in Casino, I had Old Man De Niro, remembering the awful things he did in the past, right? And you could pick up things here, you can pick up things there, you can pick up things from other gangster films. Um, as I said before, not a bad movie. Uh, great performances. Uh, I don't see where the money went. They spent a lot of money on this picture. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah. I, you know, I said, wow, <clears throat> where did it? But, um, no, it's a good, solid flick. Is it up there as one of Scorsese masterpieces, as some people claim it is? No, I don't think so. Mm. I think I have to disagree. I, I, I still haven't fully digested the movie. I saw it again. So I saw it in September. Saw it again two nights ago, although I was a bit tired. So in the beginning of the movie, I kind of... I think, Sergio, I I agree with Sergio in that there are parts of the movie that we've seen before. I kind of divide the movie in three acts and then like a prologue, right? So Mm -hmm. act one is introduction to um, Frank Sheeran and Buffalino. Act two is the Jimmy Hoffa show. Act three is... You know, it's that um, it's that rush towards the the, the end of who wax, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, Jimmy Hoffa, and then the, there's the the last part about the aging and everything. I think what's new and fantastic about this movie that is not previous, at least I don't see it fully in past Scorsese movies, is Act Two and Three. That's what makes this movie. That's what po- catapults this to, I think, greatness. I think it differs from the gangster genre in Act Two and Act Three. We don't see it's almost all dialogue. 
Wait, so what ha- which, when you say act two and act three? Act two is, is Jimmy Hoffa is like, hey, nice to meet you, even if it's over the phone. Boom, that yeah. starts act two. Mm-hmm. And then act three is that that whole coming out of jail, Jimmy Hoffa, and I want you know I want to keep the union, mm-hmm. and and it's essentially that scene in the in the ballroom, the award ceremony for oh for Frank Sheeran. What a scene! It is such a lo- it's a huge That's scene. A it's a long scene. scene. I heard they spent like three four weeks filming that scene alone. Um, that scene is so incredible, and it's unlike any other. Uh, crime movie in that there's there's no whacking there there's no bursts of violence or anything everything is done through the dialogue and the conversations that they have and the 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 eye movement the eye contact between uh Pacino looking down at at uh at Pesci and the guys there then the conversation between Pesci and uh and 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 Pacino which is that is just phenomenal the facial expressions like there when when Pesci tells uh Pacino it's not me, but there are some people here that don't feel that you, you know, that that you're appreciating, you know, whatever. And he's like, and he makes that. He's like, what do you mean? I went to school for five, you know, five years, and I didn't do any, you know. So then he tells him, but then he's asking, but what is it? Is it the money or whatever? And that's where you get the hubris, because you realize that Jimmy's downfall wasn't the money, wasn't all these other vices or things that people wanted. It was that. Um, I don't know if greed is the word for it, but it, it was his inability to step down and not be in the limelight and have the power. Because the Pesci character tells him, listen, it's your union. It'll always be your union. And if you still want to run it, you could. there's ways of doing it with you on the side. And he's like, on the side, you know. So for me, what, what is different from all the other gangster movies is that from, from the moment Hoffa comes in to the end where they whack him, that, that whole, that whole uh, act two and act three is far different than all the other gangster movies, Goodfellas, Casino, you know, all of that other stuff. You see, in a way, to me, that's the movie. I was so com- I was so fascinated, and that whole the whole storyline involving Hoffa was so compelling yeah. that almost I said to myself, I wish the film had been just on this. Mm-hmm. You remember Hoffa? Yeah, with uh, yeah. Jack Nicholson. Jack a great Nicholson. movie. Did, uh, Robert really? Tom? You see, because no. that film really fell flat. And you didn't get this real sense of what who Hoffa was, unlike in The Irishman, where you get a real sense yes. of Hoffa. Yes. Right? The, the Irishman, in a way, is what the Hoff, that Hoffa film with Nicholson should have been. I, 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 that, I agree with you on that. I feel as though... They're, they, first of all, just so people know this, Irishman is three and a half hours long. It's a long movie and there's no intermission. Uh, unlike uh, Godfather 2 with uh, Adolfo and I just saw again recently. And there's is there an intermission a, Godfather 2? Yes. yes. There's a, like a 10 minute intermission. Yeah. Okay. Literally, the movie stops. It's on the video and it everything. It says so intermission. Place. I forget. Uh, yeah, and you get to go to the bathroom, you go get some popcorn, <laughs> right. uh, chat, and then it's like 10 minutes. Yeah. Sergio, you know, Adolfo and I were sitting I there. I miss intermission a- in after, movies. After yeah. they kill Fanucci and he goes to the, the, the steps with his kids, that's okay. where yeah, that's where it breaks. Okay. All right. Uh, so I agree with you. There, there, the Irishman is is like three separate movies within one movie uh, woven together. The Jimmy Hoffa story, the hubris of Jimmy Hoffa, the arrogance of Jimmy Hoffa, the inability of Jimmy Hoffa to accept Italians as his equals. You know what is he Irish and right. uh, I don't know what is he? And, and the big thing, right? He says that those, those people, you people, you people, and the people. Yeah, and and just. 
that, it, as the, the movie t- tells the story, led to his downfall. I would say that in the hierarchy of great gangster movies, mm-hmm. uh, I would put uh, The Irishman is not in my top five. Mm-hmm. I go with The Godfathers mm-hmm. 1 and 2. Uh, I have to go with uh, American Gangster uh-huh. number three. This is my own personal lift. Yeah. Goodfellas, which is just such a rollicking. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's just a great freaking flick. Yeah. And this is a very personal member of this list i realize that this does not belong on any list of great movies what's that shaft i loved shaft you forgot the obvious one which one the one if i had to make a list of top five yeah the obvious one scarface oh yeah the original original no the remake Find the That's the movie, <laughs> man. She hopped out of his mind. And, well, this every list is personal. I yeah. put Shaft in there because no movie influenced me as much as Shaft, and it's a gangster movie. See, for me, Goodfellas will always be number one. I, I've loved that movie from the minute I saw it when I was 17, I think. Mm-hmm. I remember walking into that theater. Not That wasn't the, the movie I was there to see. There was other movies I thought I'd see. I go, okay, I'll see this movie. And I was anticipating Godfather 3 that Christmas. So I was like, oh, what is this? The best mom move ever, according to uh, Roger Ebert. Let's see what this, you know, show me what you got. I came out of there. I couldn't even remember the names of the characters because I was so over, overwhelmed with the movie. I went back when they re-released it before the uh, Oscars. I took the bus every weekend <laughs> to uh, see it at the, uh, at the Esquire Theater every Saturday for six Saturdays in a row before they took it out of the theater again. You know, I remember seeing Godfather 2 at the State Lake. Wow. wow. Downtown. Yeah, they played at the State Lake. Yeah. So I would say uh, Goodfellas, um, and then in not any particular order, Godfather 1, Godfather 2. Uh, I think the oddball one that I would throw in there is Carlito's Way. Oh, my I, God. I, I, yeah. I really, Brian De, talk about Brian De Palma. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlito's Way, I think, is so is really underrated. And the then, worst Puerto Rican accent in the history of movies oh yeah, by Mano. Al Pacino. <laughs> the worst Puerto Rican accent. You can act- say the same thing, the worst Cuban <laughs> accent. <laughs> Omano, hey, Chico. But, and then that last spot, though, I'm reserving between, and this is going to, you guys are not going to like this, Godfather 3, because I think it is an under, under, under. I have a friend uh, who argues that. I still and, think. Uh, the, the, the more you see it, the more you, I think. I can't get past you know who Winona Winona right yeah, yeah. I can't uh, not, uh, not who, who was supposed to play uh, Sophia, Sophia Coppola, Coppola. it was supposed to be terrible. Winona so it was supposed writer, to be yeah. right. and uh, or I think that that fifth spot could potentially have to digest a little bit more could be the Irishman although is it really the Irishman or is it I heard you paint houses well we'll get into that okay. we'll get into it mm-hmm. alright what are your five Godfather 2 number one mm-hmm. I gotta put Scarface number two Scarface is it's so over the top and and operatic and everything is larger than life the performances are larger than life the set design is larger than life the violence is larger than life everything is larger the, than life the music you when we saw it again yeah the music no, was just about a, scarface oh and scarface uh, yeah. oh yeah scarface yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so you got yeah. scarface too what's three we had godfather one yeah, the first godfather yeah and then i put goodfellas and then, and then five. number five, oh wow, it's a gangster movie? Yeah. I'll pick maybe a very obscure film from 1973, post noir, called The Outfit. 
Oh, the outfit. Which I saw the outfit. Tough. Back in 1973. <laughs> right. It came in 1973 with Robert Duvall and wow. and uh, Joe Don Baker and Robert Ryan. Joe One of his last Don performances Baker. before he passed. Yeah, Joe Don Baker. And, and uh, Karen Black. And it's a tough, I mean, it's a tough, naughty little film noir movie about gangsters cheating on gangsters. I can't it's, believe you didn't put, uh, either one of you put American Gangster. Uh, Denzel. It's okay, but it's not top it, it, 10 gangster, American Gangster has ups and downs for me right. in that movie. Well, you know, you know an honorable are, mention, yeah. I would say, that, talk about a, another movie that's a little older. Yeah. I would say, and I would categorize it as a gangster movie, Thief. James oh, Conn. James Conn. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, yeah. that's just, an incredible movie. I just movie. watched it a month ago. Yeah, that's the one and, it, where, and it holds up, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It holds that, up. The funny, the funny thing about Thief is, that, of course, it was shot in Chicago right. in the 80s. Yes. Yeah. And when you look at Chicago, you look at downtown oh, that doesn't yeah, yeah, exist yeah, yeah. anymore. Yeah. And also you realize how dark the city was yeah. because the streetlights were so bad. Everything's dark, just like they are today. Yes. How bad the streetlights are. <laughs> Nothing's changed. By the way, the, the Thief is the one uh, now we're doing uh, giveaways for Thief. Thief's the one where the lawyer's in court yes. and he's making little gestures on his right, face right. to the judge, yeah. like one. Now this is pre-Gaylord, too. Yeah, pre- yeah. You know? so he's like, these are bribes. So he, mm. the judge is by putting up fingers telling the how lawyer many how many thousands of dollars. Right. And then the, the, at the, they cut away to the, the, the hallway and the lawyer says, I gotta go take care of Earl Warren. <laughs> I just think, I gotta take care of Earl Warren. So classic, man. Classic line. Awesome. Uh, all right, uh, Great performance in The Irishman, Sergio. There's so many performances oh, yeah. in The Irishman. Uh, trem- I think that's its strength, actually. Uh, I would start with the performances. So how do you rank Well, them? number one, I get Pacino, number one. That's Jimmy Hoffa. Because it's a bit of a cheat because they give him all the best lines <laughs> and they give him all the best scenes. And it's a Pacino that you love, you know, over the top bombastic, and like like he when he grabs the screen, right? He's you you can't he 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 takes up all the oxygen in the room, right? Um, but everybody's good. De Niro does. And De Niro has played a lot of roles where he's all internalized. Yes. He cannot express himself. Right. And he does that in film after film. I don't know if you saw um, Madoff, the HBO movie. Oh, no, I never movie. did see oh, Madoff. Oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah. He right. plays uh, Madoff or is Pacino he, played no, Madoff? No, 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 Madoff. No, no, uh, De Niro, De Niro. De Niro played Madoff? I thought it was Pacino, no. but go ahead. No, no, yeah. De Niro plays Madoff. Yeah. And the movie's premise, even though it never says it, is that he's a psychopath. So when everything, even when people are coming to him ruined and everything is falling down around him, he's, he's absolutely expressionless. There's no expression in his face. There are many things where everything's falling apart and the film goes to a club. This is Barry Levins. The club, the club is his face, right? Yeah. And there's no expression. He's a sociopath. He doesn't really care about anybody or anything. Yeah. And Benira has played that role many uh, true, true Confessions where he plays a priest who um, winds up getting involved in a scandal. And his brother, played by um, Robert Duvall, is a, a murder, you know. And uh, once again, it's be- also because so he's a So you're saying priest. you're getting tired of, that, of this style of... Well, no, that's his wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> that's his thing, you know. Uh, the, the person who eternalizes... Yeah. Everything, even though when it's falling down around him, even in in the Irishman, the the off screen narrator is trying to get him to show some remorse, some 
acknowledgement of the pain he suffered, and he won't. Yeah, he won't do it. He won't do it. He uh, can't do he it. He can't do it. Uh, you're, you're. So before I go into that, I, I want to make an extended comment on that. I think, I think it, you're absolutely right. I think the one area though that where his, the, it comes out a little bit different and it shines for me. I did get a sense that his Frank Shearing was torn about what to do with Jimmy. And those conversations at mm-hmm. the end as they're leading up and, and Pesci's just telling them, we did what we could for this guy and he's still worrying about it and he's still worrying about him. I don't think we've seen a role like that for De Niro before where he plays the guy who's, you know, like, not not just suffering inside, but like also then physically torn between the loyalty for one person and the loyalty for another. Oh, my goodness. At least I haven't seen that in a while in De Niro. Usually he's the guy who's making, you know, he's the, the dude making the decisions or whatever. Here it's like he's the one to- caught in this world and he, and, and he we're, has to. We're going to get into that so, for the historical so, accuracy right, right, part. Right. So hold yeah, off on that. So, but I, the performances from top to bottom, this was so ca- so but, well. But it's true. Right. Every, the comedian, I mean, I mean, I mean, everybody uh, from Ray Romano playing That's Russell. my God. Russell Buffalino. Oh, my God. Ray Romano kills it in that movie. And, you know, movie. he got cast because he was in that HBO movie that Scorsese produced, the one about, it was only one season. It was about the 70s record business and the discovery of, like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Vinyl. Vinyl, vinyl, I think, right. was vinyl. vinyl. Right. And, 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 yes, he was. He was the and the the main character was Cannavale, though, and who was also in this Cannavale movie. kills it. In he, this oh movie. my god! Very, he plays a a low level, low life mobster who from, loves his steak. Right? Yeah, he loves, he he loves, loves eating little, steak. That see where he's eating the steak. He's, like, mm, he's cutting man. the steak. Yeah, but come on, let's can we just give a little love to Ray Romano? Ray Romano is all I love. I think you know, and why is it that comedians are such great serious actors? Because comedians are basically actors anyway. Yeah, they are comedians are basically actors. I mean, from Um, you know, from uh, Eddie uh, Murphy, Eddie Murphy, all all these guys can play. Kills it in Dolomite, right? Kills it in Dolomite. They just make they just make great serious actors, and Ray Romano, I think, and then they get no love. By the way, <laughs> we're gonna do it. We're gonna. I'm gonna throw a curveball at you both. I'm gonna ask oh, you for I, I best wanna, actor. I also want to give uh, acknowledgement to um, Anna Paquin. Oh yes, because some people have been criticizing her, yeah, saying that you I, barely I have any lines I in agree. the movie. And Anna Paquin said, "Look." I wanted this part. I think she auditioned for it. I wanted this part because it's not always just your lines. Right. It's what you. Oh my God! You, you tell so much in those in your eyes. Face. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you know that one scene when they're watching television. You know about a crime and the way she looks at. Well, there's. Uh, I, and, her and that's finally when she finally speaks to him. They pretty finally much the whole speak to him. Like, yeah. Why? 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 That, you know? That's uh, she plays uh, De Niro's daughter. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, but uh, so I think in this, I think it's going to be really tough. But for me, I favor just a little bit more the Pesci performance. Well, Pesci was uh, Pesci was along the lines of uh, what Sergio was talking about. It was so restrained. It was oh my so god! Atypical mm-hmm. Joe Pesci. Exactly. I think that, that was part was of it because it was it was not like what we've seen, and clearly not the Goodfellas role that he had, or even in 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 uh, Raging Bull, which was which was you know more 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 also in in a sense it was it wasn't bombastic like in Goodfellas. In in Raging Bull, when he plays the brother of uh, Jake LaMotta, he 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 does play. A, a you know a, a toned down character except for the scene in the Copa where he goes after um, <laughs> except for that scene, scene yeah. right but I mean I think I think his performance for me I relished it just a little bit more well, than I did you before. know what I heard a story a trip about Pesci is that he was a major investor in Jersey Boys 
That's what I read. I read. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he because he was he, he, so, he tried to be a singer. Uh, right. Yeah. He made so much money from his Jersey Boys, and now he's an I only. Oh, the I Jersey Boys, like, yeah, the Four yeah, Seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've, yeah. Heard, I've read that Frankie Valli credits right. him for putting the band together. All right. So here, here's Maben. It's hard to say my favorite scene in the Irishman because the thing that Irishman is just a collection of great scenes where great actors are bouncing off each other. Which is what actors love. Yeah, they love, and, and the script is there. It's like, right. like we talk about this with Tarantino. That's what Tarantino does. He can, all right, this is the scene, Sergio, where uh, Robert De Niro's character is a hitman. He's got a, he's got a side job. He's going to blow up. It's a small scene in the movie. He's going to blow up a linen factory. That's a great scene. And what he doesn't realize, the spoiler alert, people, if you're still listening, not my fault. He, he gets called for a meeting of uh, uh, Harvey Keitel. Who yes. I wish it was more of in the oh movie. Oh, my yeah. God. Does he kill it? That's what I I'm wish saying. It was who, more who was of. the original Scorsese star? Because he goes back to, uh, you Taxi know. Who's that not going to my door? Yeah, well, exactly. That's the right. first his first movie. God, I'm up against the. <laughs> uh, and so Harvey Keitel. Joe Pesci sit Robert De Niro down and they're they're saying, so let me understand this. I hear you have like this freelance assignment. You're going to blow up this. Well, yeah, you know, it's just this freelance thing. I'm doing it for whispers. That whisper, you know, there's two whispers. And then they go, well, we own the right. Oops. You know, but that scene is so great on so many levels. None, one of which is Harvey Keitel. He's just like burning. You know what I'm saying? It's like he says so little, but that intent look that he has, like, and of course, Robert De Niro has to back off. And you remember how he backs off on it? He kills whispers. Oh, right, right, right. Exactly. Uh, well, I won't to, blow up the linen. He has to make it right. Yeah, he has to make it right. I got to tell you, the scene when De Niro beats up the guy in who the grocer. The, store, the grocer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? He stumps on his hand, hand yeah, right? Right, yeah. And when I saw the picture, I was sitting next to a friend of mine, and I said, you know, there have been so many times I wanted to do that. I've been in the store, and I get bad treatment. Yeah. I just wanted to go off on somebody. Well, we had to, it was the exact reverse in this movie. It was the Sonny scene. If you remember, in, in The Godfather 1, Sonny, Jay, uh, Jimmy, James Kahn, be, beats right. up the guy. With the, with the, he, um, the, 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 the trash the can. Trash can. He hits him over the head. This was the, pretty much. By the way, yeah. you know that scene. Has a has a mistake yeah, that always the makes punch. me the, the punch. punch. Yes, that always he makes me laugh. He whiffs on the punch. Oh, you talking about uh, in yeah. Godfather? He, yeah, he, yeah. He whiffs he, big time on the punch. Right, with my mind, By the way, speaking of mistakes, only a geek like myself would catch this. There was uh -huh. a mistake in The Irishman, which uh, Marty Scorsese, you know, you're a huge fan of the Ben Jarofsky show, so you should correct it before you do the Netflix download. But. Uh, one of the things they do in The Irishman, as you mm. know, is when they introduce a character who's a real-life mobster, oh, right. they put the, they little, put the, the, the yeah, subtitle that says, so-and-so is gunned down, blah, right, blah, blah. Right. When they introduce Alan Dorfman, who, of course, is the legendary accountant who oversaw the Teamsters uh, pension fund and knew right. everybody was stealing, they said gunned down in 1979. Negatory! It was 1983, outside of the Purple oh. Hyatt, in, on Tui Avenue and Lincoln. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Now, oh, I was like, here! 
Yeah, he got gunned down from the. You guys are Southsiders, so you don't know this. Well, There's the a purple. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys don't know about the Purple Hyatt in Lincolnwood. We don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen a Purple Hyatt? No. Either one of you? Mm. It was this god awful looking Hyatt Hotel on Tui. Yeah. In at Lincoln and Tui in Lincolnwood, the suburb of Lincolnwood. Yeah. And. Um, Oh my God! There's so many bad things that have happened in the Hyatt. Oh boy, who was the, the the sleazy guy in the Blagojevich administration, and then uh, uh, a Stewie. What was it? Stewie Levine used to have like cocaine parties oh, in there. And anyway, uh, Alan Dorfman was coming out of the Hyatt one day in 1983, yeah. and the mobsters gunned him down. Well, something else I know is when the scene when the gang in the ice when the gangster is shot in the barber shop. Uh, in the right, uh, um, there was Anastasia. An, it was Anastasia, yeah. but he's not. But they don't say anything. They don't have his name, right? There was Anastasia, but it was Anastasia. Yeah. He said he went yeah. fifty-seven. He was in a barber shop, and he came in and he shot him. Anastasia, you're right. Yeah. Very good. They did, yeah, no, he knows. He knows <laughs> his gangster movies, up, right? Uh, but that was one thing because I I'm obsessed with you know Chicago. Pop. Hey, I know that it was 1980. <laughs> I thought it was 81, but then Ramona Hussein. Let's give a shout out to Ramona here at the Sun Times. Grew up in Lincolnwood, uh, and she immediately knew. No, 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 no. It was 1983 because any kid who grew up in Lincolnwood knows about that. Uh, all right, uh, so here we go. Most Trump-like moment in The Irishman, and I say this because Trump clearly has been influenced by gangster well, movies. Well, I, I tell you this, and this is kind of maybe, um, but the scene when De Niro calls the widow of mm. Hoffa, yeah, and he's inarticulate, he can't, he's he's bumbling, and it just reminds me when Trump is in a situation where he has to show compassion, you know, and, and a tragedy, mm. and he, 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 he never can do it. It's, you know, he stumbles around, he smiles, he gives the thumbs up. And he'll say something like, well, he signed up for it, right? You know, like right. when he did that. And it's like, like yeah. Trump is like incapable of showing compassion. Any side of hum, any sliver of humanity is not, it. sorry. Sorry about that. Bless you. Sorry, Dr. J. <laughs> Dr. J. Dr. D. Dr. D. Sorry. He plays basketball. Like right. Um, any silver humanity. Mm -hmm. He can't do it. And so that scene kind of reminds me of that. He just cannot. In, in, of course, because he's tortured by the fact that he's responsible. He, yeah, he's responsible. He's telling the widow. He's trying to right. pretend like he's not. Uh, you're you're uh, Trump. You know, when woman. I look at the, when I see these movies, I don't feel a reference to Trump at all. Be and I think in a sense it's because he's a different kind of... Even though I must say Trump sometimes thinks himself as a gangster. Yeah, he yes, does. That's yes, what I'm saying. There's Trump-like moments. But I, don't, but I don't... When I see these uh, mob movies, I think they're a different kind of sociopath. Mobsters are different kind of sociopaths than what... Than Trump. Trump is a very vain person, clearly doesn't have any empathy or sympathy, but it doesn't come out in the way that mobsters that it comes out in mobsters when they don't have those qualities as well. So I don't I don't think of I don't think of when I see these movies, I don't think of Trump at all. No, I think in Godfather Two, which uh Dolph and I saw last week or a couple of weeks ago, uh two Boom! They come right out. Number one, the congressional hearing uh, where they uh, they schlep in, where Michael Corleone brings in the brother of the guy who's going to testify. Uh, yeah. It's Donald Trump tweeting out while uh, intimidation, intimidation. And then the other one uh, in Godfather Two, Donald Trump uh, would love to have been able to do something like this, where Michael Corleone orders the the execution of his own brother, Fredo. Right. Right. He orders the execution of his brother because he's betrayed him, and he he never lets go of that. 
grudge. I think superficially, I think that yes, that the, you know the, the intimidation and whatever. But I think that Michael Corleone was a way smarter guy than Trump will ever be, and so it come, it manifests itself uh, in yeah. a very different manner. Yeah, and also mm-hmm. witness tampering uh, in uh, Irishman. Uh, well, can't yeah, Irishman. Right, right, right. By the way, tampering. I mean, it turns to Godfather too. That scene where they go to Cuba. Yes, awesome. And you know they see that guy in that show, oh, the yes. donkey. Superman, the donkey show, right? the donkey like, show. Superman. Yes, Superman. 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 Yeah, that's a real person. That was a real guy. Wait, was that the real guy in the movie? No, 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 oh. no. This is back in the fifties. That was based on a real guy in Cuba. In Cuba. Well, I was asking. A, I was asking Ben. Isn't there? Hasn't there been also a, 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 a one? Wasn't there a famous donkey show in in Tijuana also? And TJ, uh, like a legendary, yeah. or, but, rumor, but, or at the very least, but, but, rumors. No, of but it the or one in Havana wasn't a donkey show. No, he, he was. It, it was live sex act, and it was a guy. He was called Superman, and he would come down on a trapeze. Yeah. The, okay. Jeff, the if you haven't seen Godfather Two, this is scene. <laughs> right. It's an incredible scene, and Superman is gets that name because he's an enormous penis. Well, because <laughs> what, happened, what happened? The scene was made me laugh, go- right? Because when it, I, I have a feeling the shot was longer, he drops the roll and he cut to the audience and he goes, Whoa! Go! Yeah, 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 yeah. But see, I wonder. I wondered uh, was uh, uh, Uncle Milty reputedly was very <laughs> awesome. Milty. I wonder who would have been more Superman. Uncle well, there Milty were three or, supposed. Supposedly, all right. Now we're now we're in this country. <laughs> Uncle Milty, yeah. Uncle Milton Burl, yeah. Forrest Tucker from Astro. Forrest Tucker, I've heard that. Uh, I've heard of Forrest Tucker, and there was Frank a- Sinatra. No, no. Yeah, true. Well, I Frank heard some, but not to that yeah. level. But to that level, though. Yeah. Uh, okay. What Frank about Sinatra? Reagan? I heard Reagan. No, no, I didn't hear that. I heard uh, Gary Cooper. Oh, <laughs> wow. Look, when it comes to Hollywood <laughs> trivia, and, and I, I'm yeah, the guy. I had never heard, but I heard Forrest Tucker, man. They like, dang, Forrest Tucker. Um, <laughs> no, but I heard about Gary uh, Forrest Tucker, too. He yeah. was supposed to be legendary. And then, of course, uh, uh, let's not forget Cleavon Little in Blazing Saddles. Is it Twoo? Is it Twoo? It's Twoo! May he rest in peace, Cleavon Little. I don't know if it was Twoo. Now you're going to that scene in Blazing Saddles. Pardon me while I whip this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas, let's clean it up. Well, yeah, we okay. went on it. That was uh, it's that was unscripted. I didn't was even planning to ask him um, about that. There was some Happy holidays, all the children. Listening. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, go ahead. From no. tech- oh, we, we'll talk about the accuracy. Oh, oh well, all right, let's get to that. I, I was going to put bring that later. Right. All right. So here, uh, just uh, everybody who's listening knows its story is based on a book. I heard you paint uh, houses, houses. Right. by uh, a Frank. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Sheeran, who uh, was a most people just consider him a lower level, a corrupt teamster official, and then he wrote this book with a, a journalist named Charles Brandt, uh, in which he confessed to being a hitman, and he said that he began his murdering ways when he was a GI stationed in Europe uh, fighting Nazis and uh, that uh, all throughout the 40s and the 50s he was a well-known hitman who killed among others Jimmy Gallo uh, who was a notorious New York gangster and uh, and he also alleges that he says he that he was the one who killed Jimmy Hoffa and that he betrayed Jimmy Hoffa because he was friends with Jimmy Hoffa. And so this movie, ultimately, The Irishman, is a story of betrayal. It's a story of how Ed Sheeran was forced to decide between remaining loyal to the mob and remaining loyal to and his I friend. And I think Buffalino in particular, because that, that whole, you know... 
dynamic there. There's that moment where Buffalino tells him, and Jerry's like, you know, I wish you hadn't gone like that with Jimmy. But then he says, but I picked you and me over him. Yes. So fuck him. Yeah. You know? That is such a powerful. Just hearing you say it again, yeah. it just brings back that scene. So supposedly, as we are going to, is that there are people who claim that she made up everything. Nothing is true. That he just made it. Some people have said that they never even used that expression, paint houses. Yeah. Right? Um, because you could almost, well, wait a minute. He was responsible for for Hoffa and Crazy Joe, mm-hmm. um, which is accurate to what happened in that movie when they killed Crazy Joe mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, but, I mean, uh, that, at the it, clam house. He died. Crazy Joe was shot while eating in a clam house, house. in Little right. Village. Now, I mean, Little Italy in New here's York. Here's a trivia. Who played Crazy Joe oh, in the movie oh, yeah. named Crazy Mont- Joe? Oh, right? Oh, in the movie called Crazy Joe? Yeah, it's a movie called oh, Crazy oh, Joe. Oh, oh, I don't came know. Came out in 74. Dang, man. See if this guy goes back, dude. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Wow. Peter Boyle. D- from what TV show is Peter Boyle from, young Dr. D? Deborah. <laughs> it all comes together. Ray Romano. Everybody right, loves Raymond. Yeah. Uh, played, I did not know that. Yeah, crazy. All right, but who it. plays it in the movie, uh, in oh, the yeah. Irishman? Matt Maniscalco. The other yeah, the, the comedians. Yeah. Who does a good job, yeah, by yeah. the way. Yeah, he does a good job, yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, go back to your... your uh, yeah, but the thing about it was, was that he made it up. Everything he said in that book... Is you think to, that? Is that what you believe? Well, no, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what other yeah, people, people are said, saying, yeah. that he made it up. Everything in that book he made up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that begs the question, why would you claim all this if you if it's all a lie? Mm-hmm. Well, That's a good question. Well, and let me ask you, That's because you question. probably know, I, I don't know these details, but what I thought was interesting, after having seen Hoffa, the Danny DeVito movie, mm-hmm. and then uh, seeing the explanation here. What I thought was kind of um, uh, interesting, but I don't know if it's factually true, but you may be able to check, fact check for them, is what happened to all the guys that were participants in that hit? And the point in the movie was like, think about it. No one ever went down for Hoffa, but little by little, all these other guys got pinched for this or pinched for that or got mm-hmm. whacked for this or got whacked for that. Well, that, okay. Did those guys really go down, including the foster son? Did he get- Chucky O'Brien. Yeah. All right, here, what you have to ask yourself is, do we know for certain that the guys that got pinched were, were part, part of, of it? That. It's not like um, the Steven Spielberg movie, uh, the, come on, help me out here, a Munich uh, I don't know if you ever saw. Oh, uh, yeah, no, you yeah, saw yeah, Munich, yeah, yeah. which talks about how the Israeli agents went after the PLO right. members who killed the Israeli athletes right. in two, 1972. And these are historical figures, and so they could trace like who was part of who got killed, where he got killed, right, et cetera, right, and so right, forth. Right. Here, we don't know. Literally, we don't know who killed Jimmy Hoffa. Right. There's speculation. Um, so but, I can't answer that. But question. this cast of characters would have been the likely cast to have carried it out, right? Because they yeah. were part of that Detroit crew, right? And also part of the Buffalino yeah. crew. So, I mean, if anyone was going to whack them, it was going to be from one of those two cities, Well, right? the, the, the contention is, as you guys know, that Jimmy Hoffa went too far. He was going to upset a lot of deal. There was pension fund money that it was invested in various right. projects. And he was threatening to take control of the Teamsters Union again. And then... Uh, 
torpedo those deals just to show those right. guys that he right. was boss and there's a lot of money at stake and the, the mob kept warning him don't do this you don't we're not going to oppose you we'll let you take back to your union but please don't upset and he said no it was his pride as you were saying adolfo and so he ultimately paid the price because they couldn't control him and they were now, too afraid of him here's the question to ask is that based on historical fact that that is the reason why he was killed. I mean, the movie presents it as fact. I think it's the and, only and, one that makes sense. It's, and, okay, you uh, made that argument. Yeah. Very good. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I went through a period of obsession with Jimmy Hoff. I have must confess. <laughs> I read books, Stephen Brill's book. I read, uh, there's a new book out about Chucky by Chucky O'Brien's uh, stepson, which I plan to read. I've read reviews about it. The guy became a Justice Department, the author of the book. Believe it or not, Chucky O'Brien, the foster son uh -huh. of Jimmy Hoffa, his stepson, he married a woman whose son uh, has come up, it's a conservative jurist. He worked for the George Bush Justice Department. Is Chucky Department. still alive? Uh, no, yes, he's still alive. Yeah, and so there's a second book. So I would love to have that author on and talk about who he thinks killed Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, but the point is, is that almost every historical analysis that I've read attributes Jimmy Hoffa's death to a revenge move, uh, or not even revenge, it's the mob silencing because he was demanding too much. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was just gonna upset too many deals and threaten too many livelihoods and cause too many problems, they had to kill him. Uh, that's the general theory. Now, let me add one other thing about the Irishman, which I think it does really well. Uh, the sense of emptiness in the movie yeah. towards the end. Because after all is said and done, and you don't know this thing, what was it all for? Right. What's the point? I love the final scene, the final shot, the final scene. I'm trying to picture because it. It's, it's a tracking scene back to the room. Back to the room, the door. Oh, the door's door. open. The right. door have opened. Yeah, right. the door had that. And so right. someone yeah. said it's an homage to Godfather, you know, where like the doors close yeah. or something a little bit. As right. it's closing, right. Right, right, right. But, but still it's, it symbolizes, that shot symbolizes nothing in a way. Like what was this all for? Right. All the bodies, let's say, let's, let's take it, Let's say that he only killed half the people he claimed he did. Yeah. All right. Um, what was it all for? Dude? Yeah. You're all alone. You're, your family Absolutely. has nothing to do with yeah. you. Uh, you don't have any money. You don't have any power. You're just an old man in a nursing home uh, in a wheelchair waiting to die. Yeah. And the end was nothing. Yeah. And so that some of the half-closed door... You know, it's not shut all the way. Right. It's not open. It's just nothing. Well, also, um, that was very po poetic. Uh, that was a good riff. Uh, what I'm about to say is going to fall far short of that. <laughs> but there was a scene earlier in the movie where uh, the um, uh, Pacino as Jimmy Hoffa is in a hotel room with De Niro as uh, Frank Sheeran. And uh, De, uh, De Niro said... Pacino says, leave the door open. Mm -hmm. Like he's afraid of total darkness. He mm -hmm. needs to know uh, that his bodyguard, because that's what Sharon was to Pacino or to Hoffa, the bodyguard, right. is there to protect them. And that's what I thought when I flashed. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting that you say that because that's what generally when like if you're a little kid or something, you're like, leave the door open. Or when you even as an adult, you're like, leave the door open because you, you're scared. And so what it left in me was also that 
he's still hanging around, but death, he's like, he, he doesn't know when he's going to die. Yeah. I mean, the dude that his blood pressure was still good that day or whatever, but he has ups and downs and obviously he has mobility and whatever, but he's all alone. Like I said, he has no money. He's right. no one will visit him or whatever. And even death, he doesn't even know when the hell it's coming and he's afraid of it. Yeah. Even though he has nothing to, you know, he says like, I don't feel anything, you know, and I, he's trying to be pious and he's trying to pray and he's trying to do all these things, but he's not really a remorseful for anything. Well, except and, 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 and like, but he's still afraid that, he, that, the, that when he dies, something's come, like the big judgment is coming. Mm -hmm. for him. Except when he goes to visit his daughter in the bank. Oh, right. right, right. And his daughter just walks away from yeah. the, you know. From the window, yeah, right, and I and he's, um, I think he's almost crying yeah. at that point, and I think that is the point, that is the point for him, where he says to himself, "There's nothing left to do but to die," because right. he makes this one that like, you can argue is way too late. Right? Yeah, it is way too late. And, way and too his late. other daughter tells right. him, well, "What are you sorry for?" And he can't answer. Yeah, he won't. He won't well, what, what, what were you protecting us from? I don't know. So every answer he gives is like. Okay, well then what was that? And what was that? And he can't answer. Yeah. So he makes up some other pretext and he can't answer that. And they're like, you don't get it. You don't get it. You keep saying these things and I follow up with this and you don't get it. He never he never got it. Yeah. You know? All right, now we're going to come to the point. I think it was Sergio Reyes' issue. Where was the money spent on? Or I can't remember which one of you guys said it. Oh. What was the Netflix? Well, oh, he well, spent a huge I heard budget. it was 160 million. Yeah, all right. And, and, and they said a lot of it was because of the technology right. of the, the aging. So he has this device in this movie where he enables the same male actors to play the same roles through time. De Niro, Pacino, mm -hmm. uh, Pesci, and through some kind of hocus pocus, uh, gimmicky, computer generated mm -hmm. graphics, whatever, uh, which cost a fortune apparently. He enables them to look younger, uh, but even though they're the same face. But here's the thing that technology has been used for a couple of years now. So well, or the expense came in was the fact that uh, so there's Gemini right that just came out Ang Lee's movie with um oh Will with, Smith, Will Smith. Went, I yeah. Yeah, so, it, it, so right 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 that one but but it, it used the same technology at the same time that was filming mm -hmm. the difference I think Scorsese says is that the it, he paid so that they wouldn't have to put all this other junk on themselves so mm -hmm. it was only like little dots that they had to put on on the suits or whatever uh -huh. as opposed to in Gemini where he had to wear a helmet and do all sorts of stuff all right, that so here's my question for you and I've had this debate with everybody I'd love to hear what you guys think about this for the actors who played the daughters they cast two or three actors mm -hmm. to, to reflect different times in their life from a little girl to a grown woman why not just throw the technology out of the way and have a 25-year-old actor play the 25-year-old character instead well, of having De Niro? I, I maybe I can say it in two ways. Go. Okay? First of all is that in a way to make it easier for the audience so it wouldn't be too jarring because if you had younger actors and for the first hour or 15 minutes, you're watching somebody else play the part and then you see De Niro or Pesci, and then you have to readjust the fact that, oh, now we're seeing De Niro, okay? That's number one. Number two is, I think, consistency of performance. I think that's it. If, we, if I have the same actor playing the same role 
all these years, you get a consistency performance than if I have to have a younger actor and then I have to have him sort of do a sort of younger version of De Niro or Pesci, you know, and then go into the real De Niro and Pesci. So I think that's the other reason they may argue that too. It worked fine for me, except when De Niro first meets Pesci. Mm. At the gas station, right. Daryl looked out of out of whack. Like, no, right. yeah, with the boy, with the uh, uh, the the chain. So I'll add an additional right. reason. Yeah, if you think about Goodfellas. That movie does have a younger person playing. Uh, That's true. The young, the and then they have uh, then then they introduce them as older guys in the scene where they're robbing the the truck from the diner, right? And at that point, think about it. Uh, even in that movie. Uh, Pacino was what in his fifties, and he's acting there like he's in his young in his mid twenties or something like that, you know. So, um, but my point is that I think when when you show a, a story from from a little kid to an adult and you make that jump, it makes sense to cast, you know, a child and then an adult. But when you're so they did it so with the with the girls they did that, mm-hmm. they're children. And obviously, Anna Paquin is, you know, so then they, they have some, an adult. But here, because they're going only only so far back as to the, when he's 20-something years old, it, 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 if you would have cast somebody, at him at his 20s, and it doesn't really look a lot like Pacino uh, or, or De Niro or any of them, you'd be like, no, nah, I don't buy that. It's the same I dude. don't know, guys. Listen, the, the most famous gangster transformation of them all Godfather one, you see uh, Marlon Brando, who is about 60. If you if you figure out the math at the time uh, that he's playing Don Corleone. No, he wasn't 60. He was younger than that. No, no. Was the character that. was 60. Oh, right, right. The okay. character. Because so, yeah. yeah. I, I just saw the movie. So he was right. born in 1892, and he died in 1958. So that's 60, okay? Right. All right. Uh, then when they come out with Godfather two, if they were going to follow the logic that you guys are espousing, they would have this technology imposed on Marlon Brando's head and he would be you also have to count his body because Marlon Brando uh, uh, famously got huge. Well, that was part of the problem. That was part of the problem. For, so anyway, to go back to Godfather 2, they took a very young, svelte, in great shape, Robert De Niro, exactly. and he played the young. Uh, uh, the other thing, too, is that referring to... Um, Goodfellas, mm-hmm. the younger Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta then was a total unknown at that time. Mm, so it's point. easy to have a, a child that's play a him because point. people didn't know Liotta yeah. then. Right, right. That's a good point. He was absolutely new. Everybody knows De Niro. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something else. I had a hard time with the scene in which uh, Robert De Niro is the sold as a soldier shooting the Nazis. Because I just I go that looks like a seventy five year old man. <laughs> well, no, he looked a, like he by the time was like in his mid forties. He didn't look like he was a young. Well, guy. the body, right. the body part. Right, the body, looked, I mean, right. the body part did yeah. not look like a. Uh-huh. He would have been about twenty, you know. Because right, think about right, it, he's right. a GI in World War. II. Anyway, uh, it, whatever. It's it's the light scene. These great actors doing their thing. All right, uh, so let's close this thing up by uh, talking about uh, your. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about. Uh, 
um, your favorite movies of the year as we're heading down to the, the, the line here at the end of the year. We still early three movies that you think I'll give you three, yeah. three that have to be yeah. in consideration for movie of the year. Yeah. And then three actors. We'll stick with actors okay. for the moment that have to be in consideration okay. for best actors. Sergio. Uh, number one still for me is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Uh, number two is Marriage Story. I haven't seen it. Marriage Story blew me away. That is, and you know, I am not a Noah Baumbach fan. Oh, so and uh, it was because a friend of mine saw it at South by, I mean, sorry, at Toronto, mm-hmm. and raved about it. I went to an early morning screening of it on a Monday morning, and it knocked me out. Okay, it is fantastic. And number three. For right now, I would say Parasite. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, 100%. Yeah. I have not seen. And and for actors? Um, oh, actors. Um, you, you mean lead actors? Yes, lead actors. Lead actors. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to give it to, uh, you got to give it up for De Niro. You got to give it up for him, you know? Number two, um, is it DiCaprio. Capital phenomenal, unbelievable in that in that movie, and uh, number three, some people say this is a long shot. I think he's got a really good shot at getting a nomination. That's Eddie Murphy. Oh, he better get a nomination. <laughs> he better well, he get a nomination. For Showgirls, right? He no, got, for Dolomite. He got one for Showgirls. Yes, yeah, he did. You, no, no, the Dreamgirls. 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 Wait, time out. Did he win it or did no, he just no, get nominated? No, 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 no. no. Yeah. no because he he was going to have it, and then Nobert came out, and that killed his any chances of oh, of man. getting it. You know. So he's never won an Oscar. No, no, no. no. He's, he's not going to win it this year, but he should definitely be nominated. What are your three movies? You know, I, I, I there's so many good ones that I the, that are just rec- have either recently come out or are coming out that I don't think that other than the Tarantino movie and this one, the ones that I have seen in this year just don't pop to my head immediately. So I, I can't even comment until I see. Because look, there is that movie with uh with um Miram um. Uh, what's her name? The British Russian uh, actress, uh, Helen Helen, Helen Miram, no. Helen Miram, the Good Lies or whatever. Good right? liar. Good liar. She's that, Russian. She yeah, she's of Russian descent. Yeah, did not know that. Uh, in fact, she plays uh, doesn't Catherine she play? Catherine the Great. Catherine the Great. Yeah, she she does. Does. Yeah. Grandfather yeah. or father were Russian. Yeah, I, I didn't mean, know I that. Mean, I thought she just thought it was. I Brit. mean, they left during mm-hmm. the revolution for. England is yeah, that right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. But so, she was born in England or born? Yeah, she was born in, in England. I suspect right. that movie is it has some incredible performances in it, and I'm eager to see that. There's so many other movies that are just dropping. The um, the Mister Rogers movie is coming yeah. out, and I mean, so I at this moment I don't think that from the ones I haven't seen enough of the good ones that have come out. Well, to even even make it. Have make you seen the the uh, Mister Rogers movie yet? No, Sergio sees the preview. Uh, I have not. See the, uh, I um. One film, even though there's no actors in it, one film that people keep praising, going nuts over. And when I think what the movie is and who directed it, I say, you got to be kidding me. And everybody says, you got to see it. It's this new version of Little Women. Oh, yeah. Directed uh, by Greta Gerwig. Yeah. And everybody, I mean, people I talk to say, you'll be surprised. It's yeah. really phenomenally good. Yeah, so I, now I'm interested in seeing it because a, of the, was I don't the 90s. See. Didn't in the 90s, Winona yeah, Ryder, Winona yeah, Ryder. And, which is yeah. a really good yeah. version of that movie. There's been several versions of that. Right. Yeah, no, time. I uh, I got to tell you right now, three movies. 
Uh, and and the, uh, all the uh, late entries I haven't seen for the obvious reason, you know, all the movies that drop in December. So out, I right? don't realize, but right now, the top three, in my humble opinion, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. Parasite, and Pain and Glory. And Pain and Glory. Well, Pain and Glory was, I, I didn't blow me away. Oh, did not. I, I did love not. that movie. Remind me which one that is. Pain and Glory. Uh, Pedro. Uh, oh, the, that's another movie I, had, I wanted right. to see, the, the Armandares movie. Yeah, and it uh, and so, Antonio Banderas And placed, along that line, so they're saying now, Scorsese's movie, Pedro Armandares' movie, and somebody else's movie, they're all these directors at the end of their career looking, looking back. back. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. All so, right, now here, I'm going to put this down. I wrote these down. Uh, even without having seen any of the movies, my prediction, these five actors will be the be the five up for the Oscar. Uh -huh. Already, it's I, I think yeah. it's okay. Adam Driver from that, because it's just getting Easy. so much buzz. Easy. I haven't even seen it, but uh, DiCaprio for Once Upon yeah. a Time, because uh, he's DiCaprio. Yeah. Uh, Robert De Niro, because yeah. everybody's an Irishman, uh -huh. everybody loves him. Joaquin Phoenix, everybody is talking oh, about wow. the, the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if it, it would be an outrage. An outrage if this man is not the fifth Eddie Murphy for yeah, Dolomite. Right. Unbelievable in Dolomite. Mm -hmm. And that's my yeah. prediction. I wrote it down. And you can <laughs> hold me to that. That's uh, your best actor, you're saying, right? Best actor, yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, and, uh, you don't think Pacino's got a shot at the best actor? Not no, supporting. best supporting. Best supporting. You think supporting? Yeah. Then the problem becomes how many supporting actor nominees are you going to give out for The Irishman? Because you can make the argument that Pesci, that Pesci, Pesci deserves really one. deserves right. one. Yeah. Well, that's what it's saying. It's going to... It, Ethan's probably going to be Hanks, Pesci, and Pacino. Don't forget Brad Pitt. Yeah, but no. But the thing about it is that if Pesci and De Niro, uh, Pesci and Pacino will cancel each other out, and it'll go to Hanks. All right. Well, here's the man, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Does the best job as a supporting actor yeah. and will not get nominated. I'm yeah. already outraged. It hasn't happened. Yeah. Wesley Snipes oh, for know. Dolomite. Yeah. It's all, he plays. What's the character's name? Drew Martin. What's that? Drew Yeah, Drew Martin, Martin the, the, uh, the actor, the B-movie yeah. actor who gets to direct. All right. He's so good in this movie. He kills it. And like I said, I would like to see Tracy Let's Get a Nod yeah, you've been, yeah. for Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I haven't seen that another, yet. Another yeah. movie I have to see. Yeah, I have to see that. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of our time. Uh, Adolfo Eldragon, Mondragon, and Sergio Mims. It's been a blast talking movies uh, with you. We're probably going to do this again real soon. We've been waiting for Lee Bay. All right, Lee, if you're listening, to set a time to come in and talk black exploitation movies uh, in connection with Dolomite, which I believe is, uh, well, oh, you know, Wait a minute. I what? cannot let us leave this room. Yeah. I cannot let you leave this room without, without weighing in on whether Marty Scorsese is a hypocrite oh, right, 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 for right, right, whining right. and crying about Marvel right, movies right. Uh, playing on the big screen uh, while he uh, limits... Um, uh, while he limits access uh, to uh, the big screen to uh, the Irishman. Adolfo. So yes, I love Marty, but Marty's a hypocrite. I read the article, and basically, it's a, a pretextual argument. He's really pissed that he had to go to Netflix and get the money to make this movie yeah. because th that's an old. Uh, his argument is an old argument. It is an argument that the movie system has changed. Only blockbusters get budgets. Uh, smaller films don't get anything. And now, because it's changed even more with the introduction of Apple and Netflix and all these other companies, now he's pissed that he had to go to Netflix 
and that his movie will not get the presentation on the big film that it deserves. But at least it got something that got made, so he had to make a devil's deal, and that's what it was. But that's what he's really pissed about. Because he, as a historian and a restorer of old movies, knows that fantasy has always played a role in movies from the beginning of movie making, from pre-movie making, in opera, where you have dragons and all this other stuff with Wagnerian <laughs> stuff. People have always gone to see something on the stage with fantasy, and these movies are no different. Of course they have arcs, and of course they have you know, um, things that make them worthy of calling them cinema, but... Of course they do, because you know Star Wars, everything from before. But he's pissed because he doesn't. He didn't, he had to go through Netflix. Yeah, go to Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, in a way, I, I I can see where he's coming from, you know. But he's seventy seven now, and uh, the business has changed. Uh, it's not like it was in the seventies. I know I missed the seventies too. Yeah, I missed the seventies. Seventies too. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you uh. know. Um, uh, times do change. Uh, you know, he had extraordinary, I mean, he has still an extraordinary career. He made a lot of movies and that but time when studios will finance anything. Look, at, you know, it really, ha it's only been in the last 10, 15 years he's had movies actually made money. You know, and most of his films have been flops. You know, King of Comedy did no business at all, right? Now it's considered, you know, one of his great films. After Hours, jeez, right. that must have made no money. Right. You know? So uh, uh, the I thing like about it film. is that I sympathize with him. I know where he's coming from. And by the way, now John Woo has weighed into this, right? Um, what does he say? He says something to the effect that all these comic book movies are... Younger people are not really appreciating cinema or something like that, what cinema is. And, but you can make the argument that John Woo's movies are very much like a comic book movie. Yeah. You see how much <laughs> over the top they are. Um, so, yeah. Okay, I understand. I know where he's coming from, and you're right. I think the fact that he had to go to Netflix. He didn't go to Paramount. And by the way, he's supposed to be scouting for his next picture already. Is that right? Yeah. I don't know what it, who he's doing it for. What, what is it about? Do you I don't know? know. I forgot. I saw the God title damn, of that it. Guy's, that makes me feel bad. Yeah. This I dude saw, just made a freaking great movie. Yeah, I just saw that. Well, no, he's going to keep going until they carry him off the stage. Right, well, it's like Clint, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. Dude, that guy just, as long as he's oh alive, you know, God. he's pumping him out. And by the way, Eastwood's new film oh, may yeah, be yeah, pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. Well, I, yeah. I, uh, that's a uh, Richard Jewell movie. Right. Richard Jewell, And uh, I, the political overtones. I Okay, so follow me in this phone. Now we're at a tangent with it. I bet I know where you're going. I bet I know where you're going. Richard Jewell was the security guard back in 1996 Atlanta who was Olympics. falsely set up for mm -hmm. letting off a bomb at the Atlantic Olympics. As he found one. I found one and then he was accused was of, of planning it and uh, I think he was tried and he was eventually acquitted. Uh, all right. Uh, was he tried? I don't know. No, I, but I don't he know. was falsely yeah. accused. Yeah. All right. I, okay. It, it, the details of Olympics is 20 years ago but the, the, the political overtones, in my humble opinion, the reason why Clint Eastwood, who is a conservative, is making this movie now is because it sets up for the accusations that the Trump people have made, that the FBI have cooked up a case against Donald John Trump. And so the, he's using Richard Jewell stories going back into the 90s to pluck this obscure figure out to set an example to say the FBI. It's so funny that of all people, Sergio Mims, that it would be Clint. Eastwood, who has played uh, FBI agents right, in yeah, movies right, right. and did a movie about J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah. Uh, and, but yeah, that's my. But opinion. also, the other thing, too, is that um, pity this poor uh, 
working class white guy right. who's been accused of crimes, you know, by the liberal media because of how he looked, you know, and he was a southerner and he was weird looking and the the particularly the East Coast established media picked on this guy because he was the perfect example of those rubes that they looked down down on of all deplorables. the time. Yeah, of deplorables. deplorables. Right. To use Hillary's favorite word. Right. Uh, and boy did Hillary. By the way, which which movie did Clint do as J. Edgar Hoover? He made he did a movie. Film he made Hoover, Jay Edgar. Who, yeah, Jagger. He was a director of a when, movie. When did that one come out? Uh, Ten years ago. I want to no say more. Twelve years was, ago. No, what? that was De Niro who did Jagger. No, 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 no. Clint no. Eastwood directed. I think Johnny Depp, who played the role of. Uh, oh damn it! I want to say was it Johnny DiCaprio played? Oh yeah, DiCaprio. Yeah, <laughs> but that was the De Niro uh, movie that did. No, 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 no. no. And Clint Eastwood so directed. Which one was Which one was directed? Which one was the De Niro movie that I'm thinking that where Joe Pesci came out of retirement? To uh, it's called Hoover, right? Came out. I don't know. Came I think. Uh, and then there's another. There's a. You're not thinking of. Came out of retirement. Yeah, the last movie he came out of. I think one of the last movies that Pesci came out was to do that. Oh no, you're thinking of uh, the the movie. Um, oh brother, no. Oh no, he, right, he, right, 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 right. He, he similar. Played, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the I Good know. Shepherd. The Good Shepherd. It was the CIA. Right, right, Which is a really good film. Yeah. And Skull and Bones, all that stuff was in it. But so Clint Eastwood also. You're right. You're right. Yeah, he played. He did that that movie where he was an FBI agent. In the line of fire. Yeah. No, he was uh, in the line of fire. He was the uh, secret, yeah, service. secret service. Oh, secret yeah. service. Uh, yeah. You're right. But there was right. an F. There was a movie. Oh God! Now we're this is like three guys in a bar trying to figure <laughs> it out without not going to the phones. We're not like using a- the phones because that would be cheating. But there, it was a uh, uh, it was a movie about uh, a murder, an old murder in uh, Boston, and the FBI is digging up for the evidence, and it's a uh, it's an old case. Well, he did Mystic uh, River. That's that, it. That's that Mystic River. Mystic yeah. River. Uh, anyway, so. Uh, but uh, all right, enough chatter. I want to thank uh, Sergio Mims and I want to thank Adolfo Mondragon. I love talking movies and gentlemen, you've been outstanding guests. Thank you blast, so much. Thank, thank you. you. All right, take care, everybody.